From those feelings of little butterflies in your stomach when you're about to go on a date, to the heart-pounding fight-or-flight reaction of an altercation in the street, and everywhere in between, we've all felt it. We've all experienced it. And we need a certain level of it in our lives. But when your mind can't find the off switch and you're left constantly feeling on edge, uncomfortable, trapped and looking for a way out, your life can become a living hell. It's been said that one man's meat is another man's poison. And this is certainly true when it comes to how this can impact people differently. Pressure as a result of this emotional state can make some people focus, driving them with laser accuracy towards their goals. Others, however, can find this debilitating, resulting in spinning out of control. And these feelings can dominate everything else going on in their life. Symptoms such as racing thoughts, uncontrollable and extreme overthinking, with a sense of dread just going about your daily employment, can make even simply existing seem a bridge too far. Hello folks, welcome to The Theseus Project, a podcast about men's mental health and the sense of purpose. I'm your editor and host, Michael Chard. Today's topic, anxiety. In this this podcast, I'll discuss some of the areas around anxiety, such as its symptoms, how it impacts different people, and what my experiences have been today, and what I use to try and combat these anxious feelings. Now, talking about such a massive topic is clearly challenging, as anxiety means different things for so many different people. So I may need to do a few more podcasts on this, just to expand on some of the areas that I highlight in this podcast. So battling and coming to terms with anxiety is a huge personal struggle of mine. And until recently, I was losing almost every encounter when I came face to face with it. I have to remember that whilst I do not hold all the answers, I now understand what my body responds to. This is both in terms of negative and positive anxiety. It would seem that anxiety or overwhelming anxious emotions have a huge stigma attached to them. Just the mention of the A word in certain circles of both personal and professional environments can make people who either lack the understanding or have a wealth of experience breathe a sigh of frustration or perhaps even a sigh of relief. In my experience, unfortunately, I've heard a lot of frustration. And this is mostly from people who suffer from anxiety or feel that other people around them that don't have the experience just do not or simply will not understand what it means to them. Now, while we're here, a big shout out to a listener of this podcast sent me a message asking to cover this very topic. Not sure he'd be happy with me actually mentioning his name, so I'll leave that bit out. But it's really great to hear from my listeners, and I'd be more than happy. I'm more than happy to do requests on any areas that you think you want me to cover or um, any topics. Um, it really makes me happy to know that what I'm doing brings value, and the podcast that is filling its purpose. If you'd like to send a message, you can do so using the Anchor platform voice message system or drop into the Instagram page at The Theseus Project on Instagram and check us out. Have a look at our 
content on there and please send, feel free to send me a DM. Before we get underway, I wanted to say thank you. I appreciate you spending your free time listening to this podcast. I've said it before, but you could be anywhere in the world listening to whatever content, yet you choose to be here with me, and I sincerely appreciate your time. The goal of the Theseus Project podcast is so other people can learn from my experiences and my understanding and my perspective, and this learning is not just restricted for men. Now, can I ask you to do me a favor? If you enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the message as it really helped this project grow. Leaving a five-star review and subscribing will really help us out, and it will keep the algorithm happy. And top it all off, it'll make sure that you keep up to date on the latest Theses Project podcast episodes. Now let's get after it. Anxiety. What is it? Part is it has become or it is part of sorry our natural body's defense system. Primeval, ancient, and instinctive, its mechanisms are hardwired to every facet, every cell, and every part of our being. It's kept human beings alive for eons, quickly determining whether we should run or fight. Yep, it's part of the fight or flight response. Our bodies have this wonderful built-in system to analyze perceived threats, dangerous situations, or risky encounters on an almost subconscious level. How many times have you felt uncomfortable starting a new job, meeting a potential partner or love interest, going for an exam or job interview, or look down a dark alleyway in some area you're not familiar with? Have you crossed the road to get away from someone or felt the hairs on the back of your neck raise when a group of people come across your path? These feelings of being worried, tense or fearful are our body's natural, normal responses to a certain or given situation. However, if these feelings persist into everyday life, it can impact your ability to simply be. According to mentalhealthuk.org, just over 10% of the population will be living with some sort of anxiety disorder. So that equates to around about 8 million people. Quite a number, don't you think? To make it more confusing, not everyone who has the anxiety disorder will have quite the same symptoms or experiences, making this very difficult to diagnose. The NHS website states anxiety as a state of unease, worry or fear that could be mild or severe. Anxiety is also the main symptom of another of, of another of other conditions such as panic disorder, phobias such as claustrophobia, agoraphobia, PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, social anxiety disorder, and obsessive-compulsive disorder. So, anxiety for non-sufferers can, it can be a little bit difficult to explain it. The sensations experienced uh, can be interpreted in many different ways, but for me and my anxiety, um, it seems to hit me a lot when I go to bed at night. So my mind stops, starts racing away and the thoughts start dropping, uh, creeping in. And these thoughts are very, very intrusive. 
and they include things such as did I overshare today? What does my what do my colleagues, work colleagues think of me? Did I make sense during that recent Skype call or Zoom meeting? What if something happens to my wife? What am I going to do? How will I live? I didn't accomplish anything today. I'm useless. I have no purpose. What am I doing here? Why did I say that in the meeting? Oh, I'm so embarrassed. My friends hate me. They didn't invite me to this party. Did I say something wrong? I've not heard of any I've not heard from anybody. People think I'm stupid. I'm a mess. I need to get my life together. I'm over 40. I'm going to die soon. So you can see that just that small tip of the iceberg, these thoughts can just spiral on and on and on. Another way of looking at it is anxiety could also feel like this. Feeling like you forgot something important, but all the time, every day. Feel like you're clinging to a cliff edge, but just sat on the sofa. Running yourself down for not being productive, but also not having the energy to do be productive at the same time. Try this one. Not being able to sleep because you're anxious, then feeling anxious about not getting enough sleep. Being afraid to reach out to others, but you feel like you're bothering them. Checking items in the house over and over and over again before you leave. And then screaming internally after having an awkward conversation and replaying it in your mind over and over again. Yeah, I do that one a lot. Finally, imagining future events, trying to plan out any surprises and resolve anything that could or may not go to plan. So, carrying on with the theme, according to the NHS website, there are various different types of anxiety disorders. And we'll go through each of these in turn, just so you can get a, a general overview. Um, this first one is Generalized Anxiety Disorder, or GAD. Now, regular listeners of this podcast will remember me mentioning GAD a couple of times in the past. So, GAD is a long-term condition that causes you to feel anxious about a number of different issues, situations, or outcomes. This feeling appears to not be connected to a singular event such as a job interview or an exam. And sufferers have reported that as soon as they manage to resolve an issue or an anxious thought, their mind finds another to jump on and obsess over. GAD symptoms, much like other disorders, vary from person to person. However, common reports from sufferers show things such as feeling restless, worried, trouble concentrating or sleeping, and dizziness or heart palpitations. So now you can start to see how the psychological reactions manifest physical symptoms. Similar to most mental health issues, the exact cause of generalized anxiety disorder isn't known. Although it is suspected that a mix or combination of several factors over time plays a role in developing this disorder. The NHS state that research has highlighted the following factors might be involved. So genetic factors, and these could be inheriting uh, inheritance from your parents. According to the NHS, you're five times more likely to develop the condition 
if your parent has the same condition or an anxiety condition. Overactivity in areas of the brain that concern emotions or behavior resulting in chemical imbalances, such as imbalances in serotonin or noradrenaline of the brain or noradrenaline of the brain. Um, history or of success, uh, stressful or traumatic experiences, such as child abuse, bullying, or domestic violence, substance abuse, and chronic health conditions. Unfortunately, GAD impacts more women than men, and it's more common between the ages of 35 to 59. The good news is that treating GAD can be as simple as starting something yourself. Check out nhs.uk for more tips on contact, uh, for combating GAD. As for myself, I found that simply cutting back on the coffee and tea was a great help. The NHS Apps Library also has various apps and tools which may help you in your journey. Moving on to the next one, social anxiety, commonly known as social phobia. Uh, this long-term common disorder is more than just being shy or suffering from shyness. Starting from a young age, often in the teenage years, it's a fear that doesn't relent and it starts to impact their everyday life, their activities, their self-confidence, self-esteem and relationships both personal and professional and also impacts their sexual development. Many people are concerned with social environments or situations but someone who experiences social anxiety disorder can feel substantially more worried before, during and after an event has actually taken place. So you may suffer from social anxiety if you worry about everyday activities such as meeting people, starting up a conversation, speaking in public or on the phone, or working with others or shopping around other people. You avoid social activities such as gathering, uh, social gatherings, parties, group conversations or family events. Perhaps doing something you think is embarrassing will result in blushing, sweating, or appearing incompetent, which then in turn links to overthinking. If you find it difficult to do things whilst others are watching, now this for men could be something as simple as being what we would call pee shy in a pub. Yes, I just said it, pee shy, but it's connected to a rather serious thing. Or this might even be connected to holding a presentation at work discussing a, copy, uh, a topic which you're clearly an SME about, but you just don't feel comfortable presenting it. Others have felt symptoms like feeling nausea, sickness, sweating, trembling, pounding heartbeats, and have panic attacks where you get an overwhelming sense of fear and anxiety. Now, social situations were always something I struggled with. I'm so tall that I would constantly worry about people commenting about my height, making statements about my general size, and laugh or joke at my expense. When meeting new people, I try not to get too close around them so it doesn't make it feel uneasy, and more often than not, it was always other men who felt threatened by me and my size. Therefore, I taught myself some simple yet quite funny techniques, and which work, these work for me. 
I really do. So hopefully they'll work for you when you face uh, current, um, some social situations. So try these out. Number one, I time my breathing. So this is a bit like a normal breathing exercise. Big deep breath in to the count of three. And then you hold it for about four seconds. And then you breathe out to the count of three. Now you can try different timings which actually work for you. Sometimes longer durations can actually help. Um, but overall the breathing exercise works really well to steady your nerves. Number two. This one's quite funny. Imagine those around you naked. That's how I combated my fear of doing my driving license and my motorcycle license. Now, yeah, it may sound a little bit pervy, but it got me through taking these tests as I pictured my examiner naked as I drove along the road. I thought of those around me naked. I thought of the pedestrians on the road naked. And it was a quite interesting mind exercise. And I've used this for job interviews as well. It helps me humanize the people around me, realizing that they are just humans too. And this theme follows on into number three, which is look in the mirror, stare at your face, realize you are human, accept it. Realize this for what a human face looks like, accept that. Understand everybody is different. Then when you go outside, other people's faces. Realize that everyone else around you is going about their lives. Different routes, different tracks, different destinations. And that no one has a bloody clue what they're doing just as much as you. There's also some other methods such as undergoing cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT with a therapist, medication, and also other forms of self-help. While suffering from social anxiety can be daunting, and often stop you in your tracks when speaking about your feelings. I can honestly say that the feeling you get when you find something, either a treatment that works or a friend that helps you is just overwhelming and immense. So the last one here is called health anxiety. Sufferers of health anxiety typically do the following. So they constantly worry about their health. They frequently and obsessively check their body for illnesses and lumps worry that medical tests could have missed something. They obsess about information or in today's day and age, misinformation on the internet. And they act as if they were coming down with ill an illness or something. So the NHS also has some ideas for self-help with this one. And I picked out the following because I'm quite a big advocate for journaling. So this could be extremely useful. So if you, if you struggle with health anxiety, try this to see how it works for you. Keep a health diary. Note how often you check your body, ask for reassurance, or read about health conditions. And then also draw two columns in your diary. So you write your health concerns in the first, whatever that may be, and then write a more balanced version of those, those same thoughts in the second. For example, the first one is, I have a headache. And the second one could be that my headache could be a result of me not getting enough sleep. So a panic, panic attack versus an anxiety attack. Now when an anxiety attack strikes, 
people can have very severe reactions. Both panic and anxiety attacks are daunting, scary experiences for the sufferers and can drastically impact their day. Just living in fear of having an attack can alter how someone lives their life, so it's a good idea to understand the differences between a panic attack versus an anxiety attack. It's helpful for people who care about those around them so they can understand what these disorders are and understand the symptoms about them. So anxiety attack symptoms can, and their feelings can intensify over time and the stress can reach a level that becomes overwhelming and unmanageable. So the symptoms may be persistent and these could, may include hyperventilating, tightness in the throat, detachment from their surroundings or other people, feeling unable to speak, feeling that they're going crazy, instant headache, they've gone silent, they appear tense or rigid, hypersensitive to noises or people's remarks around them, pressured speech, sense of impending doom, irritability, feeling zoned out, fatigue, muscle tension and increased heart rate. Now, panic attacks are usually more intensive and these can wipe out someone's entire day. Symptoms of a panic attack are usually characterized by a number of the following. Now notice how close they are to the feelings of anxiety, as the body's response is similar. So pounding or racing heartbeat, excessive sweating, trembling or, trembling or shaking, shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, chest pain or discomfort, nausea or abdominal distress, dizzy or lightheadedness, fear of losing control and fear of death. Again, this isn't the full list of symptoms and people can experience different things to varying levels of intensity. So please investigate further if you suspect either you or a loved one suffered or suffers from these or any of these mentioned. As a sufferer of anxiety and depression, I find it a good practice to try and understand the differences between anxiety and depression. So listen to this. In anxiety, you worry about life. In depression, you lose interest in life. In anxiety, you worry instead of sleeping. In depression, you sleep too much or you sleep too little. In anxiety, you have inconsistent energy levels. In depression, you have consistently low energy levels. In anxiety, you're anxious about being anxious. In depression, you have suicidal thoughts. In anxiety, you feel unprotected, unsafe and insecure. And in depression, you feel helpless, worthless and hopeless. In anxiety, you think anxious thoughts. In depression, you think low thoughts. And finally, in anxiety, you feel restless or irritable, yet in depression, you feel fatigued. So here are some general tips for those who suffer with any form of anxiety. These tips, while small, can be quite powerful when used daily. So every step adds up to a long journey. So try these out and let me know how you get on. So number one, take things at your own pace. 
do not put yourself under any undue pressure such as coming out of lockdown and we can start to worry about being around other people everyone around you will be readjusting their lives back to what we thought used to be a normal life to take things at your own pace is number one number two share your fears with other people again another saying a problem shared is a problem halved we always feel a little lighter after opening up be open be honest with your families and your friends and i'll bet you'll be surprised how many of those people share your fears number three set your boundaries again thinking about lockdown we've gained a new appreciation for many things we've lost it also means we've probably identified those around us who didn't add value to you and your life and your mental health Therefore, think that life is too short. You know what you need to do. Number four, fact check your thoughts. Remember, thoughts and feelings are not facts. If you think or feel something about a medical article you found online, accept it and understand that you need to check your data. As previously mentioned, health anxiety is a disorder and misinformation on the internet is a dangerous thing. So question what you find before you make up your mind and take action. Number five, challenge your anxious thoughts. List out alternative possibilities. Listen to others' views and appreciate their feedback. Do you have all the facts? Remember to fact check. Is your anxious thought helpful? Is your anxious thought kind? Swap out typically black or white thinking which is sometimes called all or nothing thinking with grey thinking use words like maybe or sometimes so sometimes this could either be amazing or trash another way of looking at it is that this could be a total success or a failure so slow your thought down and you could be missing the final detail in the middle of these two extremes try not to jump to conclusions is your conclusion based on fact or a fear of what might happen. Try not to fight your anxiety. Instead, attempt to accept it and understand where it's coming from. You may realize that what you were worrying about is unfounded. And instead of diving deep into your anxious thoughts, sit on the sidelines, question where these thoughts are coming from, and question what they're doing, and question not that you can stop them, but question how you can absorb them and live with them and accept them. So at the end of this, I think we've kind of realized that there's a lot in this topic. And I think I'm going to do another one on anxiety. There's certainly a lot there which we need to flesh out and a few more things we need to explore. So I would say that at the moment that brings us to the end of this podcast. I hope some of the things I found were useful and that you take away several items to think about. There was a lot of comparisons and a lot of broad generalizations there about anxiety. And I'm more than happy to spend more time going through them. Quick note to say that if you do feel constantly anxious or or suffer from symptoms of anxiety, I'd recommend you approach your GP or doctor to discuss checking out for possible anxiety disorder. 
Try speaking to someone close to you like a good friend or someone you trust. Opening up can really help. What's your, been your experience with anxiety? Let us know what, about what you feel. If you wanted to talk about it, it'd be awesome to hear from you. Again, send us a message on my Anchor platform or slide into the DMs on Instagram. Finally, a disclaimer. The thesis project and myself are not professionals. If you have a serious mental health crisis and need urgent assistance, please seek help from the emergency services. If you're in the UK, you can now self-refer to NHS Talking Therapies online. And remember, there is no shame in asking for help. It is always okay to not be okay. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a five-star review. I look forward to exploring more mental health topics with you again soon. Until then, take care and continue to push forward.